Welcome to the Highland Gospel Mission, a podcast to all nations. Each week, Pastor Keith will deliver a Holy Spirit-inspired message from Highland Southern Baptist Church to the rest of the world. If you have a Bible, we encourage you to read along and study the Word for deeper understanding. Now, here's Pastor Keith with this week's message. Go ahead and get your Bibles open up to the, to, uh, the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 is where we'll be today. We're going to spend an <clears throat> a little bit of time in just the first few verses of uh, Romans chapter 12. We've got to give it a little bit of a background because, of course, the first word in chapter 12 is therefore. Which, what, what's the question we ask when uh, the first word in the chapter is therefore? What's it there for? We've got to go back and find out what it's there for. So we go back and revisit chapter 11 just a little bit. Why he has that, uh, that therefore, what that therefore is there for. So we actually go back to, uh, to, the, to the, la- the break of the last paragraph, which is verse 33 in chapter 11. And he says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who became his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. We tend to live our life as individuals who put God in a box. And we isolate him to the point of, of using him to the point of usefulness. Now, always, what I mean by you, the point of usefulness. Most of your Christian characteristics, when do you put most of them to work? Sunday, right? So, and, then, and that's not a knock. I'm not knocking you. I mean, of course, you're coming to church for the purpose of sharing the gospel and training up, whether it's young minds or adult minds, you're here for the purpose of doing that, right? So, of course, the couple hours you may be at church in, on a Sunday morning are very productive because you are pouring your time and energy into that, all right? <clears throat> in the society we live in, though, it's not thought a whole lot about, and I'm not throwing everybody under the bus, and I'm not even saying that this is a broad problem, but it is a problem, where individuals leave church and they think that their capacity to uh, impact an individual's life has now lessened itself somehow because they're outside of the church. And we naturally, for some reason, don't put near the effort forth that we would inside the church. Now we can see what inside the church produces. We can also see in our own individual lives what it produces when we invest these things in our relationships. Okay? This relationship is a relationship with with God that basically says no matter what circumstance you walk into, you have the capacity to leave it better than you found it. How many chances would you say out of everything that you do in a day, how many opportunities do you think you get to leave it better than you found it? It's literally every choice you make. Literally every choice that you make. We choose one of two things. We choose to be disconnected, not even think about the consequences of our actions and leave it worse than we left it, worse than we found it. Right? We decide it's just too much to get involved. So we turn our heads and we walk away and assume that it's going to sort itself out. We left it just as we found it. Right? And the third choice is that you leave it better than you found it. This is why we as Christians smile at people who are frowning. 
because smiles are contagious and it doesn't matter who you do it to it may even take a second once in a while it'll cause a little shock but try it sometime smile at somebody and see if they can see if they can fight smiling back do you know how many people i walk into in the early morning smile at and say morning who jump on me morning you know what we've been doing all night how many times do they ever been attacked by greeting someone It's hard to attack people who are nice, right? And most of us are consumed with things like, well, I've been going through all this all day and all week and all, and this is, this is how it's affecting me, and I should be fed up by now. I've got justifications for feeling the way that I'm feeling, right? And the truth is we get it flipped up, and we're actually supposed to be the one that is willing to put ourselves out there at a cost to make somebody else's day better. And here's the deal. It doesn't even require you to offer a ride. It doesn't require you to invest financially. It doesn't require any time from you other than even, and anybody who's a believer will accept this, one of the greatest encouragements that you can get is for somebody to walk up to you and I just want you to know, I know life is tough for you right now and I am praying for you. Matter of fact, let me do it right now. Because that touches lives. That connects people in the midst of their trouble to their Savior. And I don't care what the circumstances is, you don't connect to the Savior without a positive effect. And either we're people who are running around connecting those wires or we're running around ripping the wires apart or we're running around being very careful not to touch any of the wires. One of those three. How, how unsearchable are his ways? Unfathomable. In other words, the human brain does not have the capacity of calculating everything that God's accomplishing on the planet in any instant <coughs> not possible but he's doing it and the and the cool thing is he doesn't require you to be the one who carries the brunt of that weight Jesus already carried it amen but it's a lot easier for an army to carry than it is for one and as individual Christians this costs us because I'm tired at 3 o'clock in the morning when I have to smile at someone and say good morning. Do you think that's the peachy state of mind I'm in at 3 o'clock in the morning after dealing with forklift stuff outside and mashing my toe and poking my hand? and That's what makes it a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice because it's not something that fits the fallen nature that we tend to operate in. But we have to become individuals who can follow the structure that God has given us in chapter 12. In other words, because of the fact that we don't know what God's doing. I can't get specific, but I'll tell you this. Since I've started working at, at Walmart, I'm counseling people from Walmart. 
And you got to sit back and wonder, with all of the hard searching, with all of the difficulties that come that come about, the opportunities to share the gospel with people. I had this kid come up to me one day, and he goes, so you're a preacher? I said, yep. He said, I would have never guessed. And I turned around and looked at him. And he looked at me, and he goes, no, no. Every preacher I know pushes. Go to church. Believe in Jesus. And I never stopped walking. I just said, I'll completely respect your right to go to hell. He found me a little bit later and wanted to talk about what I said. <laughs> so is it hard to stay up overnight? Yes. Do I wish I had to do it? No. Is God using me? Yes. Because this dawned on me this week. I'm not a preacher who happens to work at Walmart also. I am a preacher who works at Walmart. In other words, that's second. This is first. Me and God's had that clear from the get-go. I'll do the best I can not to break company policy, but the opportunities that present themselves, we have to take advantage of, amen? In other words, how unfathomable are his ways? Do you know why you're going through what you're going through? Doesn't matter what it is. I'm asking every one of you, because you're going through something. Do you know why you're going through what you're going through? And you've heard me stand up here before and tell you that I guarantee you, whatever you're going through, if you're going through it, since we don't serve a God who, is, who, who lives off of our misery, who's cruel, then he has to be accomplishing big things through what you're going through. And that's your sacrifice. That's your sacrifice. Mine might be working overnight for a while. Yours may be being sick. It may be financial circumstances, or it could be emotional struggles from being separated from loved ones. Whatever those troubles are, those troubles are real. And we have all been literally called to a mission field that provides us with opportunities 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's really just a matter of how connected we are to those opportunities that are provided. And we walk through a day, I guarantee you, without you deciding ahead of time, everything that you do will fall into those three categories that I mentioned a while ago. You'll leave it worse than you found it, you'll leave it just as you found it, or you will leave it better than you found it. Every day. So he says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual form of worship, service of worship. This is your service of worship. Sacrifice yourself. Somebody tell me something. What choice does a sacrifice have? Because here's what believers do today. We have our come to Jesus moment. We crawl up on the altar. But the instant that the fire gets too hot, we crawl off. Can a sacrifice crawl off of a too hot altar? So was the sacrifice really a sacrifice in the first place? Because this is the core of our being, folks. 
We're not going to be perfect. We're going to be imperfect at the things that we do. But when he says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God. In other words, I'm urging you based on the things that God is doing in other people's lives to present your body a living and holy sacrifice. If me hurting shows mercy to someone else, is it worth it? Because sometimes you cross people in your life. I did hear, I apologize for, for saying the word, but you can fix stupid. It just hurts really bad. If we're not willing to be individuals who are willing to take it on the chin so that somebody else doesn't have to, or we allow our circumstances to become less than kosher because of the fact that God is inserting us in the path of someone else who needs him. Have you ever thought about that? We worry about an isolated situation in our lives, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned about it. We're human beings, but our isolated situations, God's doing huge things there. Because do you think he's out there working to a debt? Do you think that he's actually asking me to give more than he's producing as a result? I guarantee you, he is multiplying his effect on people through whatever pain that you may be going through, through whatever circumstance you may be going through. All that you have to do is say, Jesus, I trust you. And our prayers are very careful. Lord, if it is according to your will, heal them. I know that you can. I've seen you do it. But I also know that sometimes you're trying to accomplish things way bigger than a healing. And if that's what you're doing, then give us the emotional strength to get through it. The physical strength to get through it. What does it mean for us to say, here I am, Lord, send me? We don't get to say, send me, and then get to the edge of the forest fire and say, I'm out. We don't get to say, I'm in. Lord, use me however you will use me, and then complain about how he uses us. Don't get me wrong. You can complain. Just best if you do that between you and him. He can take it. He's got a sense of humor, too. Sometimes he just tick you off because he's funny. It's like, I'm trying to be serious here, and he's just laughing. You can hear it. This relationship, that living in holy sacrifice, that's acceptable to God, which is our spiritual service of worship. I want you to, I want you to consume the last phrase in that, in that verse. Think about it which is your spiritual service of worship. Being a sacrifice, that is your spiritual service of worship. In other words, this is the way that you affirm that God is who he is in your life. This is how we as individuals, this is our, 
You think you're worshiping by sitting in this church today? I can't tell you whether you're worshiping or not because it really depends more on what's going inside your heart and your head than it is about what's going on on your backside. Sitting in a church doesn't mean you're worshiping. Singing worship songs doesn't mean that you're worshiping. If your heart's in a bad place or your head's in a bad place, you can sing whatever songs you want to. Jesus loves me, and it's going to have zero effect. Because we have to know what this relationship looks like. And that God does have expectations for us. Why do you suppose the reward is so big? Because the sacrifice is so big. The reward is so big because the cost is so big. God knows what he's asked every one of us to do. At the instant he asked us, he knows better than we do what he's asked us to do. That's why he said, no greater love has any man than this. You might not say it. One's willing to lay his life down for his friends. When you come to Jesus, did you come to Jesus literally saying, Lord, I'm going to love people till it kills me? Did you catch it? Not if. Till. How many of us did it? Because you know what Jesus wants from us? He wants us to love people until, until it kills us. What is a sacrifice? We said we give up our life to you. That you are the pinnacle of our pyramid. You are the one that gets to make my choices. You are the one that gets to choose my motivations. You're the one that gets to choose my direction. You get to choose the words I speak. You get to choose where my feet walk. You get to choose what my hands do. You get to choose everything that you want to do. And if it costs me my life, Lord, I'm okay with that. Because the truth is, folks, there's a lot of the church in this country that's in trouble. Because the end is coming, and I believe and will say it right now that most of us that are in this place will see a lot of it in our lifetimes. It's coming. There's a whole lot of people. Either we're all out of here, pre-trib, everything that I found in the scriptures put question marks in my mind. You know what? I'm, I'm all for leaving out of here and not having to go through any persecution. You heard me say before, I see a lot of evidence in the scripture that says that we may, have, we may have to live through that three and a half years. And I have some pretty, not only logical, but theological arguments as to what I use to support that. But what, are, what kind of Christians do we have in the world today? Are they the ones that actually accept the responsibility that God gave them? Or are they the one that actually went to the altar looking for fire insurance? Literally. Because the deal was, Jesus died for you. If you trust in him and he asked you to do the same, you do it. If he chooses to glorify himself through us and through our circumstances, he can do that too, and we give him glory for it. But why, why is it that we glorify God for what he does, but we don't glorify him for what we perceive that he doesn't do? Do we really believe he doesn't know what he's doing? Because that goes against everything we've been taught. 
This is our acceptable to God's spiritual service of worship. A living and holy sacrifice. He says in two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Let me ask you something. If you run around in this world allowing every circumstance to blow you around like every lost person, what's the difference between us and them? Do not be conformed to this world. In other words, he's saying the lost people out there are the ones who don't know. The lost people out there are the ones who, are, who have right to be afraid. The lost people out there are the ones that have nothing to trust in when it involves their health, when it involves their financial situations. We serve a God. We serve one who says, don't let the baloney from the world cramp your brain. Can God build a rock so big he can't lift it? No. Have you ever have anybody put you in those paradigms? There is no such thing as a rock so big God can't lift it. And he can't, there's no such thing that he can't create. So before you know it, he will have created a rock that completely consumes the entire universe and it would be way bigger than that. Why do we ask dumb questions? God's God. What can he not do? All he's asked us to do is trust him throughout all of this. Trust me. Trust me. You know why there's a revival going on in Kentucky right now? Broke out. Ever since I was in my 20s, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, seven years old, first time that I went. Been, been to a few revivals. Took me a few years for me to figure out that you can't plan a revival. I've had people come to me before and they're like, man, you've been around here for so long and we haven't had one revival. And I'm like, nope, because we can't plan them. You can have an old-fashioned church meeting if you want to, Right? And that's what we called them that for. It was old-fashioned church meeting. You had different preachers come in. You come in every night, and then a different preacher preached, a different group sang, and individuals, it's a good old-fashioned church meeting, not a revival. A, ri a revival doesn't happen in here. But one of the conflicts that's creating in me is a lot of people that are starting to glorify this chapel. Like, it's got some supernatural power because of the beams of light, the way they come through the ceiling, and they rest on people, and we're... And it's going to happen if it, keeps, if it keeps on. A lot of God stuff going on there. God's saving people. People start worshiping the building. People start worshiping the preacher who, who sparked it through the message that he... It's, it's going to happen. Why? Because the world allows its mind to be twisted and compressed and compacted into the mold that it wants it in. That's why. And we're used to that because we relied on ourselves most of our lives. We didn't rely on God and look at things from his perspective and that he's the one that's in control and he's the one that has the ability to do all the things. And honestly, we're just the individuals who dedicated our lives to the cause of, of allowing other people to know him so that they can be saved. And he says, okay, but sometimes that comes with pretty steep cost. And when we make that commitment, that's exactly where we're saying, okay, Lord, I, I accept the cost. 
I accept it. And if one person coming to know him puts us six feet under, it's worth it. Because what do we get? Told you before, man. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Slide into the kingdom. Woo! On both knees. Pants wore out. Shirt soaked in sweat. Scratches, bruises all over my body. That's the way to show up. Why? Because you can't run through this culture without getting scratched and bruised. If you're a Christian, you can't run through this culture without this culture being hard on you. This culture that encourages us to eat stuff that makes us sick. That puts insecticides on the plants that we eat that make us sick. Everything in this world's fallen. We could blame a whole lot of things, but we can also trust in a God and say, he knows exactly what's going on, and if he's letting me go through what I'm going through, he's using it in a bigger way than my pain. And he uses it. So don't be conformed to this world. That's the first part of that. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't let it push you into the mold. It'll push you into the mold. Change your mind. Change your motivations. Change the direction of your life and the direction of your thought. Don't let it happen. Satan is a manipulator. Don't let him conform you to the world. And then he says, but on the other side but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. The renewing of your mind. All of us start where we're at. The renewing of the mind is the exact same thing that I just taught you that we have to begin to perceive. The things that the scriptures teach us. The things like discernment. The things that give us the ability to be able to understand that when I walk into a circumstance, I have the ability to be able to say, okay, I'm walking into this circumstance and I'm going to leave it one of three ways. You remember what those were? Worse than I found it, the same that I found it, or better than I found it. It requires sacrifice because we are, by, in a form of humility, humbling ourselves, willing to, willing to say, what can I do to lift this person up? How can I get down on my knees so this person can stand on my back? And when we start asking those questions, we start impacting things in a huge way. And when we leave a circumstance, we left it better than we found it. But it requires us to be individuals who do not allow ourselves to be pressed into that mold and thinking the things that we can, we can go on a tangent thinking. But then also by us renewing our mind, taking the things like Jesus loves us and he's using us in big ways. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. How many of you that are in here have ever been told at any point in your life that you were ugly or looked awkward or had somebody who always had some crack to make about, about the way that you look? The truth is, the way you look at yourself is going to depend more on whether you believe what you believe or what other people have been saying your whole life, or you believe what God believes. Because the world can say whatever they want to, but God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. What does that mean? He didn't make mistakes. There's no such thing as ugly. There's no such thing as weird and no such thing as awkward. God loves everything that he's, every human being that he's created. He loves them, and he loves them for who they are. And those individuals will provide the purpose 
the purpose that he knows that they'll provide just by him being omniscient, all-knowing. He knows it. The kicker part to this verse, though, is so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. If you allow yourself not to be conformed to the world, if you allow yourself not to be pressed into the mold of the modern-day culture, and you allow yourself to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, the things that you have held on to, the things that you have used as structure in your, in your life that you know have always been too weak to provide any structure, those things have to go. And the things that God says come in are the things that come in. And throughout our life, that's exactly what the sanctification process is in us. As we begin our relationship with Jesus Christ, he starts working on us. One, two things at a time. Before we know it, we're making progress forward. You get five years, ten years down the road, all of a sudden you turn around, you're not the same person that you was. Nowhere near the same person that you was. Not driven by the same motivations. Not hampered by the lusts of the day. Whatever it was that was manipulating us the way that it was, we look back and see that these things have changed in our life. How have they changed? That's exactly how they've changed. At a point in your life where you say, no, I'm no longer going to let the world determine the life that I live. I'm no longer going to let the world define me as a person. I'm going to allow God to define me as a person. But then we say, you tell me that you never leave me or forsake me. Even I always feel alone. Who's right? You may feel alone, but if God said that I will never leave you or forsake you, he will never leave you or forsake you. Do you see how this is implemented? When we as individuals settle in our mind on the promises that God has given us, from that point forward, our actions will prove what the will of God is. And how will it prove it? That which is good and acceptable and perfect, it always leaves it better than it found it. It always leaves it better than it found it. So as we as individuals face the difficulties, the challenges, and the struggles in the world, if we hold tight to Jesus... Don't listen to the demons that are whispering in your ears. Don't listen to the doctors who may even say the wrong thing. If someone has encouraging word that is a word from the Lord, hear it and use it, absorb it. But as the world continues to tell you how hopeless a situation is, or as the world continues to tell you that the situation is going to become worse and worse and worse, we have a choice to make. Trust Jesus. He died for you. And all that he wants to see is his will accomplished. And through us saying strong and standing firm, we'll prove that he is who he is. And we'll prove it in the best ways possible. No matter where we are. No matter what time of day it is. Jesus is glorified through us. Especially in the midst of our circumstances.
I'll keep praying for miracles for all of you. If it's according to God's will. And on the other side, I'll keep praying to God that you have the strength to get through whatever it is that you may be going through and that he will absolutely accomplish his will in every life that he intends to. This is the God we trust in. He's the one who says, sacrifice yourself so that I can use you. This is what I imagine it has to be like. Have you seen these full-size remote control cars? They actually have a remote control. Imagine being somebody who's sitting in a full-size remote control car. You have a fully functional steering wheel. Okay? But there's also somebody else who has remote access. You're both trying to make decisions with entirely different intentions and motivations, which means they're going to be different choices, right? They're going to have different results. How well does it work when you got one person who's sitting in the car trying to drive the car and one person sitting outside of the car trying to drive that same car? How well does that work? I totally believe that this is what God looks this is what it looks like with us for God. God says, okay, you come, you come to know me. That means that uh, the old person's dead and gone, right? That's, that's, that's scriptural. You died to yourself, now the new person, right? The new creature, it comes forward. But does the new pre- creature really ever come forward? And I'm asking that question seriously. I'm not asking it as if this is the answer to it because I think that every individual has to answer that question themselves. But when we give ourselves to God, the Holy Spirit comes in here. You know what the Holy Spirit is? He's the one that's got his hands on the steering wheel. But we're the ones that have the, the, the control of the remote, which is our heart and our mind. And the Spirit's trying to get us to go where God wants us to go and to do the things that God wants us to do. But then if we're not in sync with him, then we've got the remote control. We're trying to go the complete and total opposite direction that he's going. I don't know if many of you have operated remote control cars, but if you have a force that's trying to push a vehicle forward and another force that's trying to push a vehicle backwards, where does the vehicle go? It goes nowhere. (laughs) If, two, if one side breaks loose, it's going to go in circles. But it goes nowhere. If there's equal force pushing in opposite directions, it goes nowhere. So we got to get out of our way. we got to get out of his way. Get things set in our mind right. Pull it all in. Have a little quiet sit down with him. And as much as you can muster it, say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. And as much as it's going to beat against your heart and your brain, you work on trusting him from that point forward. You're going to be perfect at it. But you're going to learn to get more perfect at it. And you get better at it as you grow. And this is where we as individuals find that place in our relationship with God, but we're untouchable. Doesn't mean you can't be hurt. Doesn't mean you can't get tired. Doesn't mean you can't get wore out. But you're untouchable. Why? Because it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. We only care what God thinks. We no longer live for any self-motivation or motivation of other people. We live for the motivation of God. Are you afraid of death anymore? If God so chooses it, nope. It's freeing. You don't have the fear 
You don't have the fear of the unknown. You don't have the potential hopeless situations that try to break their way into our brains because we just say, you know what, God? If you say that it is what it is, then it is what it is. People wonder why God gets so serious about people who are going to believe in him. Who so come after me and hating out their mother, father, brother, sister, uh, husband, wife, even their own life, they cannot be my disciple. You know, he does not take up their cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Anyone who doesn't give up all of their possessions and follow me cannot be my disciple. Why so harsh? Some of you are paying pretty probably heftier costs right now. Trust him. He's worthy of it. He's proven it in our individual lives. How many times in our life? Trust him. Whether you see what he does or not, he's doing it. Trust him. If you're here today, you've never placed your trust in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You'll be, provided, you'll be provided an opportunity to do so. Don't do it because I've asked you to. The Holy Spirit moves you. That's entirely different. And you'll know what that, you'll know what that is. You'll know who that is. You'll, you're gonna, if he introduces himself, there'll be no doubt. But you know who he is. And if he introduces himself, you come up here and talk to me. Tell you you want to be saved. I can't save you, but I'll take whatever time is necessary to make sure that you know the one who can here today and you're a believer I know how hard this life is I know how hard this world hits I would love to see nothing more for everybody in this church than for everyone to be financially sound happy healthy emotionally healthy but also that's an impossibility in the world we live in. And God knew that that was an impossibility. It was going to be an impossibility for us to live with those pressures. So he gave us his word and he gave us each other. And the big thing with each other is, as well as I have a chance to make something the same as I left it, better or as I found it, better than I found it, or the same as I found it, worse, whichever one I missed. I'm just one person, but what happens when 50 people in a church start looking at life that way? I'm going to leave it better than I found it. How many lives get touched in a church where every person walks in in the morning saying, I'm going to leave it better than I found it? How much does God accomplish in an individual's life when 50 people walk into church and say, I'm going to leave it better than I found it? during this invitation time whatever your decision may be spend this time uh, with the Lord Amen Thank you Brother Keith and for those listening on the podcast I want to offer that same opportunity to you to come to the Lord If you've never placed your trust in Jesus now is the time to do so By default we are all sinners separated from God and there is nothing we can do on our own to fix that 
That's why God sent his only son Jesus to come live a life without sin. He was put to death on a cross as a perfect sacrifice for that sin. And to seal the deal, he came back from the dead three days later. If you truly believe that and ask him into your heart, you will be saved. If you're already a believer, this is a great opportunity to recenter your life in Christ. Take these next few minutes in prayer, and I'll be praying for you as well. Thanks again for listening. If you have questions about becoming a Christian, discipleship, or if you have prayer requests, you can visit us at facebook.com forward slash Highland Southern BC. Have a blessed week and go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
provided by Pixabay under Creative Commons.